It's time for Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. And now, here's Pastor Kenny Word. Verse number one. Thou therefore, my son. So he's talking specifically to Timothy, but I want you to grab hold of something. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It's interesting that Paul, as he's writing to Timothy, this is uh, one of his ministers, uh, he, and you know we know that he pastored in Ephesus for a while, but it's interesting that Paul tells Timothy that he needs to be strong in grace. And you know, if you're going to do a work for God, you're going to have to be strong in grace. You're going to have to operate in grace. You're going to have to do everything. And as Peter said, your speech needs to be seasoned with grace. Everything that you say needs to have grace with it. Amen? And so, uh, verse 2 it says, and, uh, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So Paul's instruction to Timothy is, take what I gave you and give it to others so that they can give it to others and they can give it to others and they can give it to others. This is how the church is built, is by people holding sound doctrine, understanding it, grasping it, holding it, and then teaching others, and then those people teaching others. You see how this principle goes out. Now watch this. This is where we're going to get into, verse 3 and 4. Thou therefore endure hardness, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. See, Paul's telling Timothy here that as you're going out to do something for God, you're going to have to have some stamina. If you've ever tried to do anything for God, you've probably ran against a wall. If you've ever tried to do anything for God, you've probably experienced just a smidge of resistance. Every time you've tried to pray or every time you've tried to read, every time maybe you've tried to teach Sunday school or, or a Bible study somewhere. or You know, um, I, I used to lead Bible studies on my lunch break. Every time you get together with folks, you're going to experience resistance. You're going to. And as a man or a woman of God, you're going to have to develop some stamina, spiritual stamina. In other words, some hardness, some hardness. Like Jesus, it says that he was, he, he said his mind, his face was like a flint set to Jerusalem, right? To go to the cross. Nobody was going to detract the Lord Jesus from going to the cross. His mind was on it. And so in that same manner, we've got to develop a little bit of stamina. And look, people may not like you. People may not like the way that you explain something. They may not like certain things that you do. But you should not let it stop you from doing what God has called you to do. If God has called you to do something, no matter what it is, don't let a man stop you. 
If God's called you to share the gospel with somebody, don't get intimidated by a man. Fear God more than you fear man. If God's called you to share the gospel with with the president, are you going to fear the man? Are you going to fear God? You know, most people, they say, well, I can't, I'm just not good at speaking to lot in front of lots of people. Well, you know what? On, you know, at the great white throne judgment, you might have to stand before God and speak in front of all of creation. An answer for not sharing the gospel. You see what I mean? And so what we're called to do is to be faithful, amen, to the gospel. We're called to share the gospel to, to make disciples, to preach the gospel. We're called to obey His commandments, as we heard this morning. We're called to walk in obedience to the Word of God. And we're called to walk not in the flesh, but in the what? In the Spirit. We're called to walk in the Spirit. Now, you cannot walk in the Spirit of God and the Spirit of the world at the same time. It's two totally different operations. And what you see a lot of times in churches is nothing more than the spirit of the world with a mask of religion on it. Most people don't know the difference between the spirit of the world and the spirit of God. We're going to look at some of this tonight as we get into this. But I want you to see that one of Paul's admonitions to Timothy is to endure hardness. Now, most people think that whenever they go out and do a work for God, that it's like, you know, the parting of the Red Sea. Everything's going to be moved out of your way. There's not going to be any resistance. Everything's going to go smoothly once you get to a certain point. I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, until you leave this earth, it's going to be a fight. It's a fight to the end. It's a battle, brothers and sisters. It's a battle. And so you've got to get in your mind, you've got to get in your mind that you're going to endure what you've got to endure. It's called perseverance. It's called perseverance. And God will produce that in you as you abide in Christ. As you abide in Christ, you will find that you will become more long-suffering. You will find that you have a little bit more endurance because those things are part of the fruit of the Spirit. And those things come through that abiding in the vine that we see in John chapter 15. I believe we had Sunday school on that this morning. That abiding in the vine is so essential. This is like the cross. You don't graduate from the cross. You don't graduate from the message of the cross. You don't graduate from the message of abiding in Christ. This is Christianity. This is how we're supposed to live. It's like telling somebody you can graduate from breathing oxygen. You can't. It is to, to live, it is essential that you breathe oxygen. Nothing that you do is more important than breathing oxygen, right? And it's the same way with the cross. You never graduate from it. It is central. It is the foundation of all that we do as believers. And so it, it really kind of gets my feathers ruffled whenever people make those comments, you know, like, well, let's go on to let's go on to other stuff. Let's go on to this. Let's go on to that. You know, what do you think we're going to be singing in 10,000 years? What do you think that we're going to be singing as we're gathered around the throne of God when there's no more need for a son? We're going to be singing, worthy is the lamb. 
Worthy is the Lamb. I was sharing with um, the service this morning that, that you know, most people, they get uh, D.O. Moody. He said that people get caught up on stuff like, you know, what color is the Antichrist horse's tail? And they'll get caught up on all that kind of stuff. And you know what? It's not going to matter. I don't plan on being here. I don't know about you, but I don't plan on being here. But even if I was, it don't matter. It don't matter. Because what matters is being focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's in 10,000 years, we're not going to be worried about who was the Antichrist. We're not going to be worried about what color his horse's tail was. We're going to be singing, Worthy is the Lamb of God who was slain. Amen? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. We're going to be proclaiming the beauty of our God. We're going to be singing round the throne of God. And so I want you to see tonight that we need to be focusing on what is most important and laying aside what's not. If you're going to endure as a good soldier, as Paul instructed Timothy, if God has called you to do something, you're going to have to build up a little bit of endurance. You're going to have to build up a little bit of hardness. Amen? Not a hard heart. Not a hard heart. But you're going to have to uh, develop some tough skin. Some tough skin. I heard a, um, a preacher, he said a, a quote. He said, if you, wanna, if you believe God's called you to become a pastor, he said, there's, there's three things that you need. Three things. Number one, you need to know the Word. Amen. Number two, you need to have a hide like a rhinoceros. And number three, you need to have a heart like a little girl. So you got to know the word. You got to have a, a hide like a rhinoceros and a heart like a little girl. And I, and I tell you what, that, that, that I believe that's true. Because you get attacked from every which way under the sun. You get attacked. And if you don't know the word of God, you don't got any light. The Word of God is, is, is the, the lamp for our feet and the light for our path. You don't have the Word of God, you got nothing. And if you don't have a thick hide, you, people are going to eat you alive. I remember one time I told the worship team, I said, look, if you want to be on the worship team, come to church. Does that sound hard? You want to be on the worship team? Come to church. And you know what? I got cornered by two of them. Don't tell us to come to church. Don't hurt my feelings, though. Why? Because I'm not here to please them. I'm here to do what's right. I'm here to please God. I'm here to do what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what you're here for, but I'm here to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm here to worship God. I'm here to lift up the standard of Jesus Christ. Amen? And I'm here to, to have things in a godly order. Amen? So what, what we want to look at is this hardness that we're supposed to endure. It's, it's having a tough hide. It doesn't mean you're hard-hearted. Amen? It's, it's the, have, still having the heart of a little girl, but having a tough hide. Not letting anyone detract you from what God's called you to do. If the enemy can get between your ears... Hello? If the enemy can get between your ears and tell you that it didn't work, you're not good enough, you're never going to make it, why try? You know what? If he can get to you that way, he will. He will. And more often than not, that's the number one way he extinguishes the fire of God in you. 
It is getting between your ears. So there's something important that we're going to grab hold of tonight that is going to be essential to your growth, your spiritual growth. So watch this, this next verse. It says, no man, everybody say no man. Okay, we're going to say women too, all right? So we'll say no human, no human. No, no man that warreth. This isn't in, in, in warreth, the TH on there is an ongoing thing. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of what? Hmm. If you're going to war, for God, you cannot entangle yourself with the affairs of this life. You can't do both. You can't play on both sides of the fence. You got to choose your side. You got to choose your battle. You can fight on one side or you can fight on the other, but you can't do both. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Here's the clause that he may please him. Amen. He may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. See, if God has called you to do something, you're a soldier. He's putting you in the army of God. You remember that hymn? I am in the army, right? I'm in the army of God. But look at this. Entangling yourself with the things of this life there's, a, there's many different things that this can pertain to. Number one, obviously, worldliness. You know, you're not going to be able to fight the fight that God has for you if you're too busy, you know, entangled up with the things of this life. Let me put it like this. If you can count all the season winners on American Idol for the last 20 years, but you can't name the books of the Bible... You got a problem. There was a time in my life I could tell you all the all the uh, all the people on the first string and second string and most of the third string for my favorite football teams. Position, where they went to college, how long they've been playing football, all of it. And I didn't know more know the books of the Bible than nothing. But things have changed now. Now I'm not in that battle. I'm not, in, I'm not in that life now. Now I'm, I'm concentrated and I'm fully vested in the things of God. And if you're going to be a soldier for God, you're going to have to choose your battles. Can't do both. Can't do both. It's not like a swirl where you can have chocolate and vanilla in the same ice cream cone. When it comes to the things of God, you have to choose your side. Amen? The, you, you, you cannot do both. And so warring um, in, 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 in no man that warreth for God entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Here's another way that you can get entangled with the things of life. You can get entangled with your business. You can get entangled with your work. Your work can, can pull you away from God. Amen? Your work can pull you away from God. I remember talking to a minister. He said, man... We used to pray for people. They would be without jobs. We would pray for them. God would give them a job. I mean, they would be coming every single week to church, praying for a job, praying for a job, praying for a job. And then God would give them a job. And guess what? They were too busy for God. Well, I worked all week. I worked all week. You never saw them again. 
Never saw them again. What were they doing? They were using God. They were using God. God knows. God knows when we do that, doesn't He? And so we can, we can entangle ourselves in things like business or things like work. We can entangle ourselves with recreational things like building cars or taking care of our lawn or, you know, doing whatever. We can entangle ourselves with politics. You can get so caught up in politics that you get madder than a hornet if somebody that's on the opposite side of the aisle comes to church. Amen? Yeah, you, you know, my, one of my favorite guys to read is a guy by the name of John Newton. He's the one that wrote Amazing Grace. Um, and and um, back then, they didn't have Republicans, Democrats. They had Whigs and Tories. He says, I don't know. I don't know who's good or bad. But he said, he said, I'm neither Whig nor Tory, but I'm the voice of God for both. Hello? Hello? That's called not getting involved and entangled with the things of the world, but being the voice of God for both of them. Calling right, right, and wrong, wrong, and not being identified as either or. I believe that's where we should stand as a church. Look how politically divisive our country is right now. And if you're going to be an effective minister or, or, or person of God in 2018, you don't need to be caught up in the side battles. You need to be focused on the main thing, which is people's souls. Amen? And, 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 and calling a spade a spade. I don't mean I, I'm not in any way endorsing turning a blind eye to sin. If one political party is, is for abortion, you need to be against them. I don't care who they are. I don't care if your grandpa is a member of that political party. Amen. If they're for abortion, you need to be against it. Why? Because it kills children. It kills children, number one. It is murder, number one. Number two, it is racial. It is nothing but racial. The, the, the abortion industry in our country was started by people who hold to the, the, the theory of evolution. And it is nothing but racism. That is all it is. Um, it is disproportionately every single one of those uh, Planned Parenthood places for abortion are in black communities because their desire was to, to remove the black people. It is sickening. Amen. It is sickening. And so, but look, I mean, there's what I'm trying to say is don't look at things as either Republican or Democrat or like John Newton said, Whig or Tory. Don't look at things as Republican, Democrat, Whig, Tory. Look at things whether they're of God or not. It don't matter what side of the aisle they're on. If people on this side are liars, tell them liars go to hell. You need to stop. Amen. People on this side are liars, tell them liars are hell. You need to stop. Liars are going to hell. You need to stop. So it doesn't matter which side they're on. What are you doing? You're not getting entangled. You're not allowing it to entangle you, but you are being the man or woman of God that you're supposed to be and being the voice of God for them. That's what you're called to do. You're called to a higher standard than the people out there. All they have is politics or who wins will of fortune. Or who is the Super Bowl? That's all they got. What else do they got to live for? 
Who's going to be the new character on the movie? Who's going to do this? Who's going to be in this movie? That's all they got to live for. You're living for eternity. And you need, to get, you need to get in there and help them become aware of their eternal destiny. You need to wake them up. You need to wake them up. All right. Now, I said all that because I want to take you to a couple of places. This is, this is good. Listen, when we, when we allow ourselves to get off track, we are allowing ourselves. Whenever I see this, I see this verse like seaweed. This is when you get entangled in seaweed. I don't know if you've ever gone swimming in a lake and you've got down there and something grabs a hold of your leg and it's hard to get it off. It's hard. It slows you down and it pulls you down. And that's what the things of this world will do for the Christian. The things of this world will slow you down and pull you off course. If you're more concerned about you know, the get out the vote for the Republicans and going out and knocking on doors to get people elected. Or if you're more concerned with the get out the vote for the Democrats and going out and getting people to vote and get people elected. If you're more concerned about that, but you never take the gospel to people's doors, you have become entangled with the world and the enemy has gotten you off track. You have become putty in the enemy's hands instead of being clay in God's hands. He has molded you and, and petrified you to where, to where you, you operate just like they do in the world. When we're called to bring the only hope that they have to them, let's not get entangled in the world. Let's be apart from it. Not a part of it, apart from it. And bring them the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. You see, we can get entangled. We can get entangled in, 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 in politics. We can get entangled in business. We can get entangled with being socially acceptable to others. Amen? You can get entangled with trying to fit in. Trying to make other people like you. Amen? It's actually pretty freeing when you actually begin to not care. Now, your flesh will always revert back, but it's actually freeing when you say, you know what, I don't care what you think. I'm doing what God wants me to do. There's a freedom associated with, with pleasing God more than you please man. Your flesh will always pull you back to trying to please man. It always will. Till you go home, your flesh will always, you'll always have that struggle. Flesh and spirit. Boom, boom, boom. They, the flesh and the spirit are at war one with another, right? They lust against each other. That's what they do. All right, 1 John chapter 2. Look at this. In verse number 15. Now, why, why we're going to this passage is because I want you to see how we're not supposed to entangle ourselves with the things of this world. Because I, I can almost hear you say, well, I, I'm not Timothy. I'm not Timothy. Well, here you go. 
1 John chapter 2, verse number 15. Love not the world. Well, I thought we were supposed to love everybody. Don't the world need just a little bit more love? Everybody needs a little bit of love? Well, there's something that we're not supposed to love. We're, this is something, this is not a suggestion from God. This is not, look, I think you should love a little bit less and it'll go better for you. That's not a suggestion. This is not a suggestion. It's just, this is a command from God. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world. Now, we need to define world because God created the world and He called it good, right? But when the Bible here is talking about the world, He's talking about the system of the world. System of the world. All that it encompasses. Let me say it like this. The American dream. Get right up in you right now. Having a car, a house, a white picket fence, a dog, a cat, all this kind of stuff. A 401k, retirement, blah, 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 blah. The American dream. We're not supposed to love those things. We're called to not love the world. That should not be what we seek for. That should not be what the goal of our life is. If that is the goal of my life, I am aiming for the wrong place. The goal of our life should be to please God in all that we do. Now, if God blesses us along the way, then praise God for it. He gives and He takes away. Still my heart will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. If along the way, God gives you a house, cars, boats, and all kinds of stuff, well, praise God for it. Don't feel bad. But that shouldn't be the goal of your life. That shouldn't be what consumes your thought life. That shouldn't be when you sit down every day, you plot for, you aim for. That's all you talk about. Some people... One of my pastors, he uh, pastors a lot of wealthy people. He said, wealthy people are the most unhappy people I've ever met. He said they are unhappy because all they do is they, they, you know, the stock market. It's up, it's down. They're up, they're down. They're always looking for more, for more, for more, for more, for more. It's an insatiable appetite. Once you become uh, addicted to the things of the world, here is one of the, one, here's one of the problems with that. The world never satisfies your soul. Amen. The world will always leave you burnt. It will always burn you. It will always leave you empty. The world will always leave you without peace. It will leave you without joy. It will rob you of all your dignity of life. It will rob you of friendships, of family. The world will rob you of all that God has for you. But yet, but yet, look at our, look at our society right now. That's all everybody cares about is worldly stuff, worldly gain. And, and it's not exclusive to outside the church. Not at all. No, it's not. The love of money is the root of what? The love of money is the root of all evil. And look what we got going on in a lot of churches. 
Well, we're going to take up our third offering today. We didn't quite meet the quota. I was talking with somebody the other day. They said, just, just another thing. Yeah, and I've been in one of those churches before. They had a $1,000 line and a $500 line. If you go to the $1,000 line, the pastor gets to pray for you. You go to the $500 line, the associate pastor gets to pray for you. And who do you want to pray for you, right? The man of God or the kind of man of God? And so there's, they're basically, they're selling their selves. And what is that? It's the love of money. And it's the root of all evil. So what I'm, what, why am I bringing that up? Because this love of the world is not only outside the church. I'll, sh I'll show you why. I'll show you why it's also for inside the church. If you read later, for context's sake, go look at the beginning. Go look at the first four verses of this chapter tonight when you get home. Go look at the first four verses. This book of the Bible was written to believers so that they may know that they know God. So John, the apostle, is writing this letter so that folks will know that they know God. That their joy may be full, just like the apostles were. You have been listening to Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. Gospel Lighthouse Church is located at 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. Go to churchlighthouse.com for more information. And please tune in again next time for Defending the Faith. It's time for Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. And now, here's Pastor Kenny Word. The love of money is the root of what? The love of money is the root of all evil. And look what we got going on in a lot of churches. Well, we're going to take up our third offering today. We didn't quite meet the quota. I was talking with somebody the other day. They said, just, just another thing. And I've been in one of those churches before. They had a $1,000 line and a $500 line. If you go to the $1,000 line, the pastor gets to pray for you. You go to the $500 line, the associate pastor gets to pray for you. And who do you want to pray for you, Right? The man of God or the kind of man of God? And so there's, they're basically, they're selling their selves. And what is that? It's the love of money. And it's the root of all evil. So what I'm, what, why am I bringing that up? Because this love of the world is not only outside the church. I'll, sh I'll show you why. I'll show you why it's also for inside the church. If you read later, for context's sake, Go look at the beginning. Go look at the first four verses of this chapter tonight when you get home. Go look at the first four verses. This book of the Bible was written to believers so that they may know that they know God. So John, the apostle, is writing this letter so that folks will know that they know God. That their joy may be full, just like the apostles were. So he's telling Christians, he's telling this to Christians 
So we know that the world loves the world. But he's telling Christians, guys, don't love the world. Don't love the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Now, each one of these things represents distinct sins. Uh, the, the, Satan, he, he always tempts in these three areas, and, and that is actually is a sermon in and of itself. I just want to touch briefly on that. The, the, all that's in the world, there's, it can be summed up in these three things. The lust of the flesh, it is satisfying. Well, it makes your flesh feel good. Doing what you want to do because you want to do it. And not living your life according to God's Word. You see, we allow our flesh to dictate how we live rather than being obedient to God's Word in how we should live. And there's a problem. So, so we're called to, to not live like this. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes is, is you know, when you, you set your eyes on things and it's actually your heart. It's setting your heart on things that aren't yours. Whether it be cars or people of the opposite sex or whatever the case may be. But it is not setting your heart on things that aren't yours. And, and the last one is the pride of life. And you know that is puffing yourself up and, and having this, um, th this ego and, and letting your worldly stature make you feel better. You see, you're, if you've got all the world's goods, but you're not right with God, it's all vanity. It's all vanity. All right. It says in verse number 17, And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now the will of God is that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The will of God is that you accept what Jesus did on the cross for the payment for your sins. When you believe that God... You know, when you believe that God manifests in the flesh, came to this earth, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, went to the cross as the payment for your sins. Because look, your sins are so bad, I don't care if you only told one lie, I don't care if you only stole one piece of bubble gum. I want you to know this. If that's all that you've ever done, you can never work that off with God. If all that you did was steal a piece of the bubble gum when you were eight years old, if that's all you've ever done wrong, I want you to know God is so holy, you can't work that off. Amen. That's how holy God is. And so what you need is you need a Savior, and that's Jesus. He became the penalty. He paid the price for your sins. And the Bible says that He died, and, and He died for our offenses. And then He was raised for our justification. And if you believe that God raised Him from the dead, God would justify your faith. Amen? That's the Gospel. Now here, I want you to, I want you to see something else. Um, go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. Uh, let's go over there to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 
2 Corinthians chapter 10. What we're going to do is, is, is we're going to go back and grab another aspect of that verse about warring. Uh, no man uh, you know, that warreth, that battles for God, is going to allow themselves to get entangled in the things of this world. We're going to be more, we're, we're going to be more inclined to go after God. If you know more about the bills that Donald Trump has signed lately than the Word of God, you've got a problem. If you know more about the stock market than what Obadiah said, you've got a problem. You do. If you can't place you know, in order the books of the Bible, but you can name you know, all your seasons of your shows in order, your books in order, you've got a problem. Well, this is part one, that's part two, that's part three, that's part four. Uh, hey, where is 2 Timothy at? What's that? There's a problem. And if you're going to do what God's called you to do, if you're going to war for the things of God, if you're going to be a soldier for God, if you're going to be in God's army, you can't allow yourself to get entangled in the things of this world. It will remove your strength as a man or a woman of God. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 3. What kind of war do we have on our hands? What kind of war we got on our hands? We, ha we have for ourselves a big old spiritual war. We have a big old spiritual war, and we praise God that we have the victory through Jesus Christ. But daily, 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 you must engage in the battle. The victory is yours through Jesus, but you must engage in the battle. If you're not engaging in the battle... I got news for you. You're getting whooped. If you're not engaging in the spiritual battle, you're getting whooped. Whether you admit it or not, whether you know it or not, and whether you come to grips with it or not. Say, ah, I got no peace. I got no joy. Every time I do stuff, I get frustrated. I've got no patience. I've got no this. I've got no that. I, I feel like I'm at the end of my rope. If you're abiding in Christ, listen guys, there are men and women that are our brothers and sisters that are enslaved Amen. today. Amen. There are our brothers and sisters in other nations that are in prisons with no TV, no air conditioning, probably no food or water for being a Christian. Amen? Come on, tell me how hard your life is. Let's think on our brothers and sisters. The only thing that's different about them is they were just born in a different country. Amen. That's it. They're human just like you. They have feelings just like you. And if they would recant on their faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible calls it apostatizing. If they would apostatize, it would all go away. But they refuse to apostatize. Stories coming out of Africa of, of families being one by one 
Murdered. Martyred. If they would only recant on their faith, but they won't do it. Why? They're soldiers for God. They're soldiers for God. And we think, well, when things are hard for us, I must not be doing right. Why is everything going wrong for me? I don't have this like everybody else. And I don't have that like everybody else. And, and you know, I have a house, I have a job, I have a car, I have food. But I just got no peace. I just got no joy. What do you think that they have? That's all they have. Amen. That's all they have is their walk with God. That's all they've got. Amen. The problem is not on God's end. The problem is not on God's end. You don't need no more stuff. We don't need more stuff in America. Amen. We need more God. We need, to be, we need to be more God-minded. We need to be more godly. And we need to be more gospel-minded. That's what we need. More than we need bigger buildings in churches. More than we need new programs. More than we need new thises and thats. We need to be godly. God-minded and gospel-focused. For though we walk in the flesh, this is 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So God is not going to give you the ability to go over to your neighbor and smack them around because they did something to your yard. God's not going to give you the ability to smack people around. What He's going to do is give you the ability to be patient. He's going to give you the ability to forgive. He's going to give you the ability to love your enemies like we're told to do. He's going to give you the ability to be godly. If you'll abide in Christ. Now, I have to bring up one of my favorite quotes whenever I bring up this passage. It's from Leonard Ravenhill. He said, If your enemy has a social security number, you have picked the wrong enemy. You're focused on carnal things. If you think somebody is your enemy, you are wrong. They are not your enemy. We do not have a fleshly battle. It's a spiritual battle. You're called to wage spiritual warfare, not carnal warfare. Look at this passage. We do not war after the flesh. What does that mean to you? It means that person's not your enemy. That person needs God. The enemy is our common enemy. The spirit behind him. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Mighty through God to pull down strongholds. Look at this. Casting down imaginations. And every... Everybody say every. Okay, th th this... You, I'm telling you right now. You do not need a Ph.D. in theology to do this. 
You know what you need? All you need is neology. You need to get on your knees and pray. That's what you need. You need neology more than you need a PhD in theology. Now, theology is good. Theology will keep you right. Theology will keep you safe. And it actually, in our day and time, you kind of need theology because there's so much falseness in the church world. But in order to pull down strongholds, and in order to cast down imaginations in it, and every high thing, you don't need a PhD. You need to know God. Amen. You need to know God. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. What is he saying? Our job as believers is to look at things from a spiritual perspective. Whenever anything goes on in this life, and it begins to set itself up against the knowledge of God, we are called as believers to cast it down. And if you're not engaged in the battle, it's not God's fault. I believe if every... I believe if every believer began to pray wickedness out of Hollywood, they wouldn't make any more R-rated movies. I believe if every believer began to pray against abortion, it'd be gone. I believe if we began to focus on that, rather than hammering down on the church begging for a $54 million jet, if we would begin to fight the fight of faith, and go after the things of God, God would move mountains. But we're too worldly. We're too consumed with the things of this life. I believe you can probably go in 95% of the churches in America and find a building program. God didn't call you to build the church. God builds the church. Amen. God called you to share the gospel. God called you to be faithful. God called you to stand on the truth of the Word of God. God called you to not depart from the old path. God called you to hang on and God called you to fight. And if we're going to fight the fight of faith, mountains will move. It says every high thing. We are to cast down imaginations and every high thing. Whenever anybody begins to develop something new and it goes against the Word of God, we as God's people should be praying that thing down instead of complaining about it and belly aching about it. It was around family this past weekend at a funeral. He said, when are you going to start asking for your jet? 
When you gonna start? Where where's your uh, video plea for so that you can have your own airplane? See, they associate every minister like that. Everyone. And, and, and instead of bellyaching about that stuff being in the church, why don't we cast down those imaginations? Why don't we say, God, keep all the ministers gospel-minded instead of worldly-minded, instead of being carnally-minded. Lord, keep them heavenly-minded. Right? And it goes that way throughout every aspect of life, whether it's abortion or homosexual marriage or sodomite marriage, whether it adultery, fornication, go down the line, whatever it may be, whenever we see these things exalt or puff themselves up, we should pray them down rather than bellyache. You see churches all the time. It seems like every couple of months there's another church that's falling to the homosexual agenda and allowing either lesbians or sodomites in the pulpit to pastor. And what do we do? We bellyache. I'm not saying you do. I'm just saying in general. That's what people do. They bellyache about it because they know it's not right. But now, study just came out that over 50% of quote-unquote evangelical Christians accept homosexuality in the church. Over 50% of them accept what God does not accept. Look at how fascinating the day is that we live in. A majority of people who go to church endorse what God calls an abomination. But you know what? If those 45% of us would gather together and lock arms and pray, we can pray that thing down. If Bible believers would stand on the truth of the Word of God, we could pray that thing down. Every one of them. One can put a thousand to flight. What about 40 of us? What, what if? I, I believe this with all my heart. That if God's people, all of God's people, would begin to pray for the same thing, I believe we would experience the greatest move of God outside of Pentecost. But it's because we're more concerned with this, that, and the other. Churches are more concerned with having chocolate factories and Starbucks in their churches than this kind of stuff. If, if you're going to be a man or a woman of God, you're called to war. Don't entangle yourself with the things of the world. Fight. Fight this spiritual battle. Again, I'm going to tell you this right now. The wind down. This is prayer. This is how you fight. You fight in prayer. You fight in obedience to God's Word and you fight in prayer. God will give you the words to say when you run across certain people. You don't need to be going down and running your finger in their nose. 
God will give you the right words if you'll wait and be patient so that your speech is seasoned with grace. Too many of us, too many of us, too many of us are more concerned about the things in our life. Too many of us are too worldly minded. Too worldly minded. Can you be too heavenly minded? Is it possible to be focused too much on heaven? No. If you're focused on heaven, it'll motivate you on earth. Because you know what? you'll realize this life is that fast. How many of y'all remember 20 years ago like that? It was just a few days ago, wasn't it? And guess what? If the Lord tarries, if you make it another 20 years, it's going to be even quicker than that. But some of us may not make it 20 years. Some of us may be going home this year. Some of us could go home tonight. Why am I saying that? Because this world ain't your home. Don't entangle yourself in this world. This world ain't your home. Your home is where Jesus is. Is that not what He said? He said, I'm going to what? Prepare a place for you. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if he goes, he's going to come back and get you. That's when the trumpet of the Lord sounds. That's when the dead in Christ rise first. That's when we which are alive and remain are caught up together with them. Meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever, ever, so shall we ever be with the Lord. See, this life is quick. It's fleeting. It's here. It's gone. There's coming a day soon when we will ever be with the Lord. No more days apart from Jesus. Being in His presence. Seeing His glory. As He, whenever He went to Mount Olive and and he was transfigured, and, 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 and his face shone. That was just a glimpse of his glory. A glimpse of his glory. His brightness outshines the sun. His brightness outshines the sun, and we shall ever be with our Lord in just a few more days. Just a few more days. So I implore you that we get this battle right. Don't battle for the things of this world. Be focused on the things of the next. Be focused on the things of the next. Be a voice for God in this generation. Stop using your voice to do things that don't matter. Be a voice for God. Speak God's Word. First off, before you do that, you got to know God's Word. you got to know the Bible. Our generation, they trample the Word of God. They try to change it. God's Word don't change. Amen. It is what it is. 
We live in a, a crazy time. We live in a crazy time. But as God's people, we can call that thing down. Even though we live in a crazy time, we can bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oh, you think you're starting another one of those in our town? Uh-uh. We can pray those things down. I never, when, when I lived in New Orleans, it was wonderful. I loved it. Actually, I never wanted to leave, but Sister Lindsay talked me into leaving. That's what happens when you get married. But when I moved to Shreveport, I've never been to a town that was so racially divisive. It's crazy. Well, you know what? That's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. And, and it's not like that everywhere. But people pour gasoline on those things. Wherever the ambers are, they pour gasoline on them. But it's a spiritual battle. But if me and you will lock arms in faith, we can cast that imagination down. We can bring into captivity those evil thoughts that exalt themselves against Christ. We can change this generation. We can. You might say, well, Brother Kenny, it's just us. I don't see a provision that says only one church can't change the world. I don't see that. I don't see that restriction. Say, what are, we, what are we against this whole town? Well, we're believers. We're Christians. And we don't fight carnally. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're weak. They're puny. They're impotent. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So if our weapons of warfare are mighty through God to pull down strongholds, will you pull them down? Will you engage in the battle? If God has given you a weapon of warfare that is strong enough to pull down enemy strongholds, will you engage? Will you get caught up in the things of God? Will you fight the good fight of faith? Will you fight for God? Will you be someone God can count on? Can God depend on you? Are you too busy watching Will of Fortune? Will you stand up and be counted in this generation? When this life's over, it's not going to matter how many episodes of Wheel of Fortune you watched. I want our lives to count for the things of God. I want to pull down those enemy strongholds. Amen?
You have been listening to Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. Gospel Lighthouse Church is located at 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. Go to churchlighthouse.com for more information. And please tune in again next time for Defending the Faith.